NBA Odds Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie is the place you want to be to get in on all the college basketball and NBA action. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go to propswap.com to find better odds than your local book. Plus, when you use the promo code SGP, you get a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, but most importantly, we're also brought to you by the NBA Frauds Contest on the NBA Odds Pod. We're giving away $1,000 if you're able to identify the frauds for the second half of the NBA season. Go to sgpn.io slash NBA Frauds. That's sgpn.io slash NBA Pods to enter for free. And what's up, NBA fans? Or maybe you're just a fan of gambling. I don't know. But either way, I've got you covered on both fronts here at NBA Odds Pod. My name is Ryan McKee. I am the site editor of SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Make sure to go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com for all your sports gambling needs. we got free picks. we got DFS advice. We've been doing a ton of NBA coverage, uh, you know, just leading up to the Super Bowl. We had a lot of great stuff, uh, free videos. Nothing is behind a paywall at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We're not like those other sites, okay? We give it to you all for free because we are a site by and for the people. Um, what else about me? I'm a very angry Suns fan. Uh, I'm a Devin Booker truther. He got totally robbed in the all-Star game, I believe. He should definitely be in over Russell Westbrook. And uh, feel free to come at me on Twitter at the Ryan McKee if you want to debate me on that. Uh, what else about me? Uh, I do not have what most people call, quote, a full-time job, end quote. So uh, I've been able to watch a ton of NBA League Pass this season. And I'm very excited about our guest today. I'm going to be joined by a good friend of mine. His name is Evan Scott Swartz. He's a, a native New Yorker who lives in Los Angeles. And he's spent the last decade covering a variety of sports for a number of big-name publications. Uh, he and I recently reconnected at a sports bar called uh, The Village Idiot to watch uh, Zion Williamson's first game back from injury. And I had such a good time hanging out with him and, and talking with him. I was like, man, that... I'm an idiot. Why have I not had him on the podcast sooner? So unfortunately, he is traveling this week. So we did the podcast via Skype instead of in person. Uh, So I will say the sound is not as high quality as I'd like, but you're in store for a great conversation about the games. Uh, We like coming this week to Target for Gambling. Uh, Then we also talk about teams to look at based on strength of schedule who will underperform in the second half of the season. Uh, Then we're going to look at... All-Star Game Weekend and talk about our bets for who we like to be the first player drafted by LeBron and Giannis, uh, who will be the All-Star MVP, and who will win the dunk contest. So without further delay, uh, Evan Scott Swartz. How's it going, Evan? 
it, it's going well, Ryan. How you doing? Uh, I'm really excited to have you on. I, I believe that you're our first guest that goes by three names. So you're the most likely guest to turn into a serial killer, I guess. Or, or try to assassinate uh, a political leader. <laughs> yeah. But and, and if the, the NSA or FBI is listening, that was a joke. That was a joke. I guarantee that nobody is listening right now, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, I've known you for, like I said, eight years. You you started when I was, we met when I was an editor for MTV.com, and uh, you came on as a freelance writer. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and I've been covering sports as a journalist and writer and all that kind of good stuff for, yeah, over a decade. Um, we, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some players that I've probably interviewed before personally so that makes me absolutely no more informed than anyone else <laughs> well i um i'm glad that i mean that makes you a perfect guest for my podcast then the no more informed than anyone else podcast <laughs> we're recording this on saturday morning this will be released on sunday night but just last night they had the Lakers' first game in Staples Center since Kobe passed away because they delayed the Clippers-Lakers game that was supposed to be on Tuesday. And so it was a huge Kobe memorial. Just the amount of people who came out outside of Staples Center to pay respects who weren't even in the game, just bringing flowers and jerseys and stuff was pretty insane. Um, from what I saw on TV, I wasn't there. However, they did end up losing to the Trailblazers, and I, the, the what I'm getting at, the question I want to ask you is that now, I bet on the Lakers minus 13, so of course I lost, and it didn't occur to me until this morning that there might have been like a really disrespectful thing to bet on a memorial game. Look, I, I also think we can't completely have this conversation without acknowledging the, I'm going to say euphemistically, complicated nature of who Kobe was as a person and his past. Yeah. I think, you know, th it's one of those things where the emotional impact is something you can't measure. And I really was surprised seeing the players across the league who were so unbelievably impacted by this. That, I mean, Carmelo, I think, had to skip a game. I guess it was last night. It didn't really say why. He just said personal reasons. But yeah, that's seemed to be what was implied, that he was too emotional to play. Yeah, and I don't think it's necessarily disrespectful. It's more, it's an acknowledgement of reality that, you know, as much as you try your best to gamble with your brain and with statistics, you can't ever remove your heart from it. And I think that that goes the exact same way for actually playing the game. And, you know, the we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but I think that Kobe's death is going to have just an indelible impact on the rest of this season. We will forever talk about this season as, you know, the one that was impacted by this just, you know, monumental event, this tragedy. Um, and I think it's really going to change the way that the second half of the season goes. Clearly, the Lakers did not look like they were playing well last night. Like they, they were not playing with any energy. You could tell that the emotion of it overcame them. And, if anything, Damian Lillard seemed to be fueled by it. Like Damian Lillard is a Kobe-like figure, and he can just be a killer when he wants to be. And he seemed to bring that last night. But I thought the reason I put money on it was because I thought, well, the Lakers have to 
blow out the trailblazers who haven't been good and, you know, rise to the occasion of honoring Kobe, but it seemed to have the opposite effect on them. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of guys that, that went crazy, uh, you know, last night, Kyrie Irving went off for 50 plus and, you know, he has talked about over the last few days, how close he was to Kobe and how much their relationship meant to him. So I think you can't necessarily predict how it's going to impact guys. LeBron was so overcome with emotion when he was speaking to the crowd, um, I think after the game. And I think if that's on your mind, everyone is still truly in shock. So um, can I tell a quick uh, Kobe, possibly the most Los Angeles story ever? Yeah, absolutely. Which, which is just from this past week, I guess a couple of days after, um, you know, Kobe died, I was at a yoga class. Okay. And the teacher teacher was talking the entire time about Mamba mentality and basically how it was like uh, a yogic um, sutra, you know, a, a tenant of, of yoga and the the mentality itself, you know, the discipline, all of that kind of stuff. And it was making me think a lot about how Phil Jackson used to get, you know, those Lakers teams to do yoga and do ballet and, mm-hmm. and kind of expand their consciousness and we actually then the teacher made us hold all of our poses for 24 seconds to honor Kobe. So if that's any indication to anyone who doesn't live in LA of exactly what this past week has been like, I I think that's probably a good indicator. Yeah, that's a very good. I would have never expect, I I do yoga as well. And I would have never expect to hear, hear a yoga teacher say, uh, bring the mamba mentality to yoga. The, it kind of feels like the opposite of yoga. The mama mentality is all about like like slitting your opponent's throat. That's true, but uh, I mean, I certainly when I hit some poses in yoga class, it feels like I'm slitting my own throat. So <laughs> maybe that's what it is. That maybe that's what it is. Yeah. And we're going to take a quick break for a word from our presenting sponsor. The Super Bowl is over, but every game is the big game at MyBookie.ag. MyBookie's got it all, from NBA to college basketball to Premier League. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You could even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they come through, you win big. MyBookie has the better lines, better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with for doing nothing except for depositing money. All you have to do is use our promo code SGP to activate this offer. Again, that's promo code SGP to get extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, and get paid at mybookie.ag and use promo code SGP. We are going to get into a preview of this week's games. Um, As always, we don't have the odds uh, in advance for these games, but these are just games that we've targeted for the week that we think will offer some good value. So who you got this week, Evan? I think in looking at, you know, the upcoming week, I'm trying to look for angles that, you know, would give any advantages here and there uh, based on kind of like real world things. And mm-hmm. so the first game that I circled is Portland at Utah, uh, which is February 7th. Okay. And I think basically, I don't think you could set the line high enough for Utah as the favorite there. And I'll explain why. Number one, 
you know, we all know that Utah and Denver have that built-in uh, home court advantage because of the altitude. Mm-hmm. But Portland is going to be playing their fourth game in seven days. It's the second game of a back-to-back. Uh, they're going to be, I think, home uh, the night before in Portland, then get on a plane, fly to Utah, and have to take on that team. And I just do not see, you know, it's on ESPN. They're not going to be sitting guys because they can't afford to. But I could see Portland getting blown out there. And so I would certainly be taking Utah and the point. I think that's a great pick. I missed that one. Um, Portland has been a lot better lately. Um, I believe they're like six and four, uh, seven and three, or I, they, they've gone on a bit of a winning streak lately. And they were killer against the Lakers. But that just. You're right. That feels like a schedule loss right there, especially against a good team such as the Jazz, who've been just playing out of their minds right now. Yeah, I, I think that's one of those games that even before the season, you circle that and go, that's a loss. Yeah. So I, I, I don't even know. That that feels like possibly even a game where Dame sits the entire fourth because they just can't afford to keep running him out there. Yeah, I agree. And here's another one I would say that maybe – not before the season because we didn't know Oklahoma City would be this good. But certainly once uh, maybe a month into the season, we could have predicted this as a win. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder on Wednesday are taking on the Cavs at home. And they will have a four-day rest. Uh, They played uh, last night against the Suns. They aren't playing another game until Wednesday. They have four days off, and uh, they're playing the Cavs, who are just uh, one of the worst teams in the league, at least right now. Oklahoma City Thunder has been the best team against the spread this year. They're 34-16 and 16 against the spread, and um, they have are 7-1 and one against the spread in their last eight games. I just don't see... Again, I don't see them setting this line high enough for me to take the Cavaliers. What do you think? Yeah, that that sounds pretty good to me. And I actually, uh, I've got OKC as one of my picks uh, for later in the week. So I I think clearly we're both kind of high on the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, the Thunder have just been great. Also, oddly, you know, the Thunder have been known through the Durant and Westbrook days is having one of the best home crowds in the league because there's nothing else to do in Oklahoma City. Usually you have to go to Thunder <laughs> games. But uh, oddly enough, they're actually better against the spread on the road than they are at home. They're the best team on the road against the spread. Uh, 20 and 5 on the road versus 14 and 11 at home. I don't know if that's just because Vegas tends to set the spread higher when they're at home and they just can't quite get there or what? I think that's definitely a fact. I mean, Vegas, there's a reason why they're Vegas. They, they are smart and they know how to trick us. But I also wonder if maybe that's a little bit of a Chris Paul factor of having a guy who's such a veteran, who's such a professional, just, I don't know, being able to maintain focus and probably keep that team you know, uh, engaged and passionate, even when they're on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I wanted to point out about them, they don't have a back-to-back this week, but they are best in the league against the spread on back-to-backs, which is 8-0 and against the spread, which probably goes to your point of having such a veteran presence like Chris Paul, not letting them back down on back-to-back games. Yeah, I mean, I've always had that fantasy. If, if I were ever in the NBA... 
he's a dude that I would feel very uh, conflicted about playing with because he's incredible, but boy, does he make it look kind of miserable out on the court. Absolutely. I mean, he seems to, I mean, he is the best passer of his generation and he sets up everyone so great, but then everybody just looks so miserable playing with such a whiny little bastard like that. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about the worst aspects of Mamba mentality is just watching Chris <laughs> Paul just just tear his teammates to shreds. Yeah. If I were some 22-year-old kid running with him, I would just feel like a lump in my throat all game. Yeah, I, and I, that's actually why I thought the Thunder would not be good this year, part of the reason. I mean... Part of the reason was we just didn't know because a lot of people were wondering if they would trade him or what would happen or if they would just really kind of try to tank for a better pick. But it's been a, I, I thought he might tear down uh, Shea Gilgus Alexander and he, it's been the opposite. They have really seemed to bond and they're playing great in three point guard lineups. Uh, so I don't I don't know what to think. I, I Maybe he's reaching another stage of his career where as a savvy veteran he he's feeling like he can mentor some of these younger guys and uh, maybe that'll be the you know last part of his career i i think that's very possible and i would also say that you know when billy donovan came to the nba it was a huge deal and i feel like it felt like a very um i don't know transformational hire and a guy who had, had so much success in college and I think just like what you were saying about how there's nothing to do in OKC, I feel like we've all kind of forgotten about him. Yeah, I was just thinking that the other day. Yeah, I mean, this this proves his, his chops as a coach. He's clearly, uh, you know, taking a team that is made up of just spare parts, like thrown together over the summer, and he's getting the absolute most out of them. I, he's doing a really, really good job down there. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason that his hire was such a big deal was because for so long, fans had been asking for them to replace Scott Brooks. Because just remember how bad Scott Brooks was compared to the roster he had. They had such a great roster. And Scott Brooks kept, like, trotting out Kendrick Perkins in the finals and uh, just, like, these really archaic lineups. And so people were stoked when Billy Donovan came out, maybe a more progressive forward thinking coach. And while it didn't come to fruition with his stars, it does seem like he's able to bring this ragtag team together as a legit playoff team. Yeah. I, I'd first of all say Kendrick Perkins is, I think the ultimate litmus, the litmus test of whether you're an analytics fan yeah. or if you're like a heart and grit fan, because, Boy, do people like arguing about him on the internet. Yeah. Um, and then second of all, Scott Brooks, you know, oddly has unleashed the Wizards, who are a terrible team. But I mean, they've got like a top five offense last I checked. They do. And they have all season, but that doesn't hasn't equated to winning. So I don't know for what reason that is, except to inflate Bradley Beal's numbers, why that would be a good thing. Yeah, but uh, hey, they're they're scoring points, which is more than you can say for some of the other bad teams in the league. Actually, we should give him credit. The players that he's doing it with, besides Bradley Beal, none of them feel like they should be on even an NBA roster. Yeah, and I am a huge Brad Beal fan. That's actually a dude that um, I interviewed years ago when he was a rookie. And I think he he is just going to be one of those guys that is underappreciated and overlooked because he's never really played on a good team. And so I'm hoping either the Wizards kind of bounce back if John Wall ever comes back healthy, 
or I could see, obviously, I know there's a lot of talk about Beal being a trade target this year. I do think this summer, he seems really unhappy. I mean, just last week, even before the All-Star news broke that he didn't make it, he was complaining about how bad the team has been. And, I mean, he knew that when he, he must have known that before he signed the extension. But now it, now he's complaining that it looks like he's being punished by not being an all-star, even though he has the numbers to do so, because his team isn't winning, even though there's no one around him that's any good. I mean, I, I'd also say, like, because of the way that NBA contracts work, he, he's so over-incentivized to sign that extension mm-hmm. that it's it sort of, you, you can't really say, oh, well, he knew what he was getting into. when he signed. It's more that that was his only real option. And you kind of, I think, you sign that extension with the hope that you will get flipped to a better team. Um, you know, it's probably what's going to end up happening with uh, D'Angelo Russell, you know, in, in another way where I don't think he was expecting to sign on to such a disaster, uh, you know, in San Francisco now. Um, but that he's going to get, that money wherever he ends up you know next year so uh but by signing the extension bradley bill knew he would at least be on a bad team this season so you're right uh he is over incentivized to do so but uh and i mean maybe he's just starting to complain now to give people a heads up that he is leaving this summer We're going to take a quick break and be right back with my conversation with Evan. Ever thought of starting your own sports book but don't know how? Of course you have. Everybody wants to be the person in charge. Well, Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. Uh, all right, moving on. What's the uh, second game you got for this week? So, yeah, he- heading back to Oklahoma City um, on February 9th, which I believe is a Saturday, they get Boston at home. Uh, it's an early game, though. I believe it's a 2.30 tip, uh, you know, uh, central time. And for some reason, I always kind of get my hackles up a little bit for those afternoon games for whoever's flying into town. I know Boston is terrific, but I could maybe see OKC covering at the very least, simply yeah. because they're going to be getting a team that's sluggish. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a good pick. I, I looked at that. Of It's a good game. I avoided it just because Boston has been such a tough matchup overall this season, and um, it seems like they should have all their guys healthy by then. I, so I think if you're looking at second half performances, the the Celtics are just rounding into form. They're finally getting healthy. They're reaching their kind of full uh, Voltron peak here. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, they're in third place right now. They're only a couple games behind the Raptors. I know the Raptors are white hot. They're they're on a as we're recording a ten game win streak. Obviously, nobody is going to catch the Bucks unless something insane happens. But I could see Boston threatening for that two seed. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would say is kind of shockingly, they're only 13 and 10 on the road. And that's straight up, not versus the spread. So, again, you, you just, this feels like a game where I don't think the Thunder are winning so fast, but I could see them keeping it very, very close. The, let's see, next I have 
Uh, I have a Tuesday game. I think this one's uh, going to be really fun to watch because it's uh, the Milwaukee Bucks at New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, so we're getting the Greek freak against Zion, which, I mean, I think it's going to be like a very highly watched game. Now, the Pelicans seem really revitalized by Zion coming back. You know, he hasn't necessarily been playing the minutes he's going to play and whatnot uh, yet, but they're uh, on a three-game winning streak, straight up and against the spread. Last night, they destroyed the Grizzlies, who've been awesome. and They scored 139 points. Um, now, obviously, the Bucks have just been out of this world, uh, but I could see New Orleans being a home underdog, and I might take the Pelicans with some points. What do you think? That sounds great to me. I, first of all, cannot wait to see two of the most singular players of the last you know decade or so up against each other. Just two dudes who, I mean, nobody has the bodies that they have or the styles that they have. It's, it's pretty uh, insane, the, yeah. the time period that we're living through right now in the NBA. Um, I also would say that, you know, the, the Bucks, as incredible as they've been, they've had some fluky performances. Some of their losses are, are pretty surprising. You know, they got blown out uh, in San Antonio a couple of weeks ago uh, by like 20 plus points. So, you know, when they lose, they really lose. Yeah. And so if you if you think that that's a game where they can possibly like actually lose, not just against the spread. I think that's a that's a sneaky good pick. Thank you. I, I think that even though it was like great Warriors teams that were winning all those games and whatnot, the teams they would lose to would a lot of times be surprising because there's no way over such a long season you can keep yourself up for that number of games against teams that aren't very good. You're just going to let yourself down some of these games where, especially against you know someone like the Spurs who have been a bit better lately, but they just have mostly been boring this season. So I can see why maybe they just overlooked the Spurs or, or whatever. Yeah. However, I will say that I, I think that Giannis will certainly get up for this game because he knows a lot of people will be watching. And he, he just came out like this week saying he thinks that the Bucks are being overlooked, which I got to say, like, that's a great thing for them. You, you don't want everybody blowing smoke up your ass this early in the season still. So I, I will say that even though I am going to be looking to take the underdog uh, Pelicans there, definitely uh, watch out for the Bucks because Giannis is still on a mission. Yeah, that's a terrifying thought for the rest of the league, too, that he's somehow getting better than his MVP season last year. And the other thing I would also just say about this game they're at New Orleans on Tuesday. Then they've got Philly at home on Thursday. They lost to Philly uh, on Christmas in a you know national TV game. Yeah, uh, they, and again, not just they, lost, they but their, they were thoroughly dominated by them the whole game. Yeah, so you could see this maybe being one of those uh, trap games where they're looking ahead to that home date with Philly and suddenly just don't show up prepared for the Pelicans. So I, I think all those factors make it you know again an interesting pick. Good note on the Philly game. Uh, did you have another game you picked? I've got one more. This is a, a bold choice. Uh, I think it's uh, a little bit of a... I wanted to find one home favorite that I thought could get upset. And I've got uh, Memphis visiting Dallas. Yeah, I, you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago that, that Memphis has been really, really good recently. They absolutely have. 
we also just found out that Luka Doncic is going to miss uh, a couple of weeks with an injury. Mm-hmm. I think the, light, the latest I saw was at least six games. And I could see the odds makers still giving Dallas, uh, you know, a, a pretty healthy uh, uh, advantage at home. And I could see Memphis coming in, sneaking in and stealing a win here. I like that. I like that. I, I definitely think that the, I mean, the Mavericks lost last night to Houston uh, without Doncic. While they kept it pretty close, um, it just doesn't seem like they have the scoring to keep up with a team like the Grizzlies, who've just been putting up insane scores. Yeah, and they're actually, right now, they've lost uh, three of the last four, and I believe four of the last six, um, yeah. including a loss to your sons at yeah. home. And that so, was with Lucas, so, still. Yeah, and look, this is a very good Mavericks team. I also think that they are a prime candidate to add somebody at the deadline, but we might see them just on a little bit of a down period here without you know their most important player and i I think this could be just one of those weird random upsets Uh, again memphis is good yeah i think that that's a good pick and i actually had a a dallas game as well the monday game against the pacers um with luca out and the pacers have just been playing a lot better i mean Victor Oladipo just came back and he's nowhere near full health or full minutes, but they're seven and three against the spread in their last 10 games. And uh, they're 13, nine and one against the spread as the home team this season. Uh, I think they're like nine and two straight up in their last 11 games at home or something like that. So I just see this Mavericks team. I, I imagine the, the spread would be set pretty high for the Pacers without Luca but I just see the Pacers running this Dallas team off the floor. Yeah, I, I'm very, very high on this Indiana team. I think the fact that they've been able to stay just relevant, more than relevant, without Oladipo, and now they're getting him back. And if he's even 75% of where he was playing before the injury, that is by far the most significant addition any team can make this season. So I see them as a real star of the second half. Yeah, and now, I mean, we haven't even talked about Sabonis, who just got named to his first All-Star team, and he absolutely deserved it. He's playing so, I mean, he's taking such a leap this year. Uh, Even with, like, Miles Turner not playing as well, he has really just stepped up his game as a starter. And Malcolm Brogdon, who made, like, a very good argument for being an All-Star this year. He probably would be an All-Star had he not missed some games with injury. So you're looking at, like, three legit all-star level talents on this team now with Oladipo coming back and when he gets back to full health. Absolutely. And I mean, just again, these are guys that are probably not even reaching their full potential yet. Certainly Miles Turner. You always feel like there's more Mm -hmm. uh, in him just because of his incredible uh, athleticism and and just talents all over the place. And I think Oladipo has another gear in him. I, I don't think he reaches it in the next month or two, but when they roll into the playoffs, they're going to be a dangerous team. Yeah. And I, a few different times this year, I've given them out as a long shot uh, championship gamble. Like I think the odds are like 50 to one right now. And I really still believe that if Oladipo can come back to anywhere near what he was when he was at his all-star level, uh, they're just going to be a really dangerous team in the playoffs this year. You know, I don't know if anybody's beating Milwaukee in the playoffs, but the, this they could be the two 
uh, Eastern Conference final teams. I, that would not surprise me at all. And we saw what the 76ers did to the Bucks this season and last season in the playoffs with uh, having all that extra height that they could throw on Giannis. And they have Miles Turner and Sabonis that they can throw on Giannis. So it could get ugly. That'd be a fun series. Yeah. Really fun. Really fun series. Shouts to the Midwest, too. Good. Yeah. They would get some shine finally. That's the most exciting thing that's happened in the Midwest in a while. Okay, I just want to take a quick moment here to talk about a very exciting free roll contest we're doing with SportsGamblingPodcast.com and NBA Odds Pod. It's the NBA Frauds Contest. It's absolutely free to enter, and we're giving away $1,000 in prizes. You have until Valentine's Day to go to sgpn.io slash NBA frauds to learn how to enter. You just need to guess who will be the fraudulent NBA teams. Pick two teams from each group that will perform the worst in the second half of the season. The teams are lumped together in groups of six based on their records during the first half of the season. You'll be picking 10 teams you think won't be as good as the start of their season or will continue to just be really bad if they already were bad. So just go to sgpn.io slash NBA frauds. That's sgpn.io slash NBA frauds to find out how you can enter for free. Evan, I, I sent the NBA odds pod frauds contest link to you. Did you get a chance to look at it? You bet. And um, I'll also say that I was just having some of these conversations with uh, one of my best friends. Uh, I'll say hi to Rash. Uh, and our first point was we both feel like the Heat are a mirage. And if you want to jump right into it, I know they're in this top tier here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I just I know they are playing very well. But there is just something about them that feels a little fraudulent. And I think there's the Spolster is a great coach. They've yeah. got Jimmy Butler, who, who is an, an alpha among alphas. But if you look a little deeper, uh, their point differential isn't great. Uh, they're actually outperforming their you know Pythagorean wins by three. So they're already overachieving a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting really kind of uh, fluky contributions from a lot of young guys and rookies. And that feels like there's so many guys that are just prime regression candidates on that team because, I don't know, when you're 20 and it's your first season and you reach game 60, the energy just starts sapping. And I don't know if they're going to... They've never played uh, that length of season before, anywhere near it. No, and I think also... They're a lot. They've got some promising players. I think this is a team that is going to compete for the next couple of years. But there is a lack of talent there in comparison to some of the other top Eastern Conference teams, and I think that that's going to start showing. And they've got Butler, obviously. Bam Adebayo is is amazing, but beyond that, I think you know Dragic is is probably a trade candidate. I would say one of the other factors here is we all know Pat Riley is constantly, you know, star hunting and I could see this team making a big trade and I could see it possibly backfiring because they've obviously got, you know, the chemistry working right now, Mm -hmm. but they may look at this team and go, they're a year too early and that next year is the real year that they're going to, you know, contend for the championship. 
um, try to swing a trade for the aforementioned Chris Paul or somebody else, Angelo Russell, maybe, who seems like a very Pat Riley uh, kind of player. And I just think that I could see them kind of returning back to earth a little bit uh, over the next couple of months. Yeah, I think that is very well said. Uh, just so people know, in case you haven't looked at the contest yet, the top group he's uh, talking about is Group Goddamn. Uh, I named these groups. I spent a lot of time naming them, and probably <laughs> not great, but still. It's uh, Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, Heat, Celtics, 76ers, all really strong teams. And you're picking the Heat as one of the bottom. And you, the idea is to pick the two worst teams from that group second half of the season and it, you're saying the heat and uh, I think you make a very good point. Yeah. I think obviously the other team from that goddamn tier is uh, Philly. They every single article I feel like I've read over the last two weeks is what's wrong with them. Can Simmons and Embiid coexist, all that kind of stuff. So I think that that's probably the obvious pick. I think the heat are the other obvious pick because I don't think, Bucks, the two LA teams, or Boston are are regressing at all over the next few months. The only thing that I would say is, I think there's a chance that the Clippers just don't care as much about the regular season as these other teams. I think they're more than happy to come in as a three or even four seed if it comes to that. Um, But I would say that surely the favorites that most people are probably picking are the Heat's and the 76ers. Yeah, and I feel like as fans, we like to play the game of, well, if the Clippers get seeded you know, here, then this will be their first-round opponent. And I don't really know if NBA teams ever do that. I think that, especially if you're a top-four team in your conference, I don't think who you care you're getting at home. Nobody's going to be purposely losing games or slacking off just so that they can get the more favorable first-round matchup. But you know, right now, the Clippers are third they would be taking on the Mavericks, which is, you know, not fun. I would not want to have to face Doncic in, in a seven-game series. And if they can overtake the Nuggets for the two-seed, suddenly they're looking at a matchup with either the Thunder, the Grizzlies, possibly the Trailblazers if they, you know, can put it on in the second half and, and make the playoffs. So I don't know if they're going to be doing anything beyond trying to get right and get uh, Kawhi and Paul George, you know, playing their best together. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. Uh, since you did just bring up the Mavericks team, I actually have them pegged as a team that might fall off some and, and maybe lose some in the standings. They're in the next group, the group second best with Nuggets, Jazz, Rockets, Mavericks, Raptors and Pacers. We just talked about how much we like the Pacers to improve. Uh, the Raptors with Pascal Siakam back have won their last 10 games straight. I don't see them falling off at all. They're a savvy veteran team with a great coach that I don't think will allow them to to uh, you know overlook the rest of the season. The Mavericks, obviously, great organization, great coach. But with Luka out for a couple weeks and you know still figuring out these young players, I... I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there's a chance that I don't know if there's if Luca certainly he has it in him to keep up this level of MVP talent season, but it's still only a second season in the NBA, so we don't totally know what to expect from him. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Uh the Mavericks were also my pick from this group. I think 
that and that's not to kind of impugn them as a team. I, I think they're a legit contender. I think that it's a team that is built around two incredible but very fragile talents. We're already seeing Doncic, you know, missing probably about five to seven games. We know Porzingis has dealt with injuries in the past. He's always liable to have to, you know, miss some stretches. And I think that that would be the factor that keeps the Mavericks from, you know, reaching uh, uh, the same levels that they've reached already. Uh, I still think that's that's a great team in the playoffs, but I, I, I agree with you. I could see them falling off just a little bit in the second half. Yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, I think Carlisle as a coach is smart enough to realize he's got a legit playoff team and he has two young stars, uh, one with already a, a lot of injury issues. I could see him sitting Luca and Przingis more down the stretch just to make sure that they're ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, he's also going to have to figure out some defense heavy lineups for the playoffs. Uh, you know, as much as it's annoying, sometimes the game does change in the playoffs. And I think, you know, Porzingis is still really working back into full form. Uh, when he was on the Knicks, uh, he was a, a pretty unbelievable defender at moments, especially because of his shot blocking ability. Mm-hmm. But I think that Carl is going to have to experiment a little bit and figure out, you know, the, the, the five guys that he can roll out and just shut down, you know, uh, uh, one of those incredible offenses on the West Coast, Lakers, Clippers, anybody. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we're on the same page there for sure. Uh, I don't want to spend too long going through all these different groups just because uh, it gets a bit tedious. But uh, I did want to point out uh, some strength of schedule uh, stats looking, especially for the uh, bottom tier groups. Um ESPN right now has their expected win-loss records, the worst in the league, to go to Cleveland, uh, Golden State, and New York, with Cleveland and Golden State being the absolute bottom. Um, any disagreement there with that very bottom uh, group? Group, No, no, no. Um, I My disagreement is that the Knicks are by far the worst team in the NBA. Uh, but that's saying that. it as a Knicks fan, aren't you? Oh yeah, so uh, I, I so you're by you're by Knicks it. love Knicks fans love to hate on the Knicks when it gets to this it, point it, in the season. At the beginning of the season, you guys always think that they're going to be great, and by this point of the season, you guys are so angry at them. I, I would say the only exception being that this year, no one thought they were going to be great. We came into this season knowing that this was going to be a nightmare, and it has been somehow worse. <laughs> Um, so I definitely see them losing a lot. The only other team in this bottom tier that I could also see kind of racing to the bottom is Golden State. And I'm going to contradict myself a little bit because I was talking about how I don't see teams really losing, you know, or, or not playing their hardest to jockey for playoff position. But the Warriors, they're probably the best run team in the league. They know that they've got two trade chips. They've got D'Angelo Russell and they've got their number one pick this year. It's a weird draft year, as we've all kind of realized. And I think that Golden State knows that if they can package a guaranteed top three draft pick with D'Angelo Russell, that's probably their best chance at getting a high-level player that can contribute for them next year when everybody comes back healthy. So I think of all of these teams in this bottom tier, Golden State has the best, let's say, 
disincentive against winning. And I could see them, you know, really only grabbing maybe four or five wins for the rest of the year. If that. I agree. I, I think there's still a chance that Curry might come back, right? I think so, but boy, it looks like he's having fun uh, sitting on the announcing table instead. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, if, I mean, I'm him, why would you ever come back? It's stupid. I I don't know. I mean, I there could be a pride thing where he wants to come back. There could be like clearly nobody's excited about this draft class. So I don't really see why what motive they have to to truly tank. So if Curry wanted to come back and and play some of the last of the season just to maybe get feel like he's getting back in shape or whatever, um, I yeah. put it this way, I would stay away from picking Golden State as one of the worst teams going forward. Um, I would definitely pick Cleveland as part of that group. Uh, I could see them still trading away some of their best players at the be- uh, before the trade deadline. I don't know if anybody wants yeah, Kevin. Like, I don't know if anybody wants Kevin Love, but yeah. certainly he is a malcontent right now. Uh, Tristan Thompson, I could see being a piece that uh, numerous teams would want. So I, I could see that uh, possibly losing him. Uh, so I don't know. I would definitely pick Cleveland as one of the worst teams. Uh, ESPN has them predicted to be have the worst record along with Golden State. And then I would probably pick New York as, as part of that group, too. I wouldn't pick Thanks. Atlanta, even though they have been really bad, because um, I've seen them on multiple websites listed as having um, the best strength of schedule moving forward, uh, which means the easiest, uh, a much easier slate for them in the second half of the year. Yeah, and actually, you know, talking strength of schedule, I, I know that I was kind of dumping on the Heat before, but I will say that the Heat, I believe, is the third easiest schedule uh, for the rest of the season, which is just as much reason to pick them as possibly getting better. But a lot of that is based on the fact that that division is so bad, because I think the three easiest strengths of schedule are the Heat, the Magic, and the Hawks, and it's because they're all playing, you know, against each other in that southwest division so or southeast division sorry so, i don't yeah because i don't yeah. totally understand how strength of schedule is measured across different sites because different sites have like for i'm looking at espn's right now they have the best uh the easiest schedule going forward as new orleans atlanta orlando um yeah he, the one i'm looking at has new orleans as fourth easiest so i, I think it's all about if you're playing in a division that's got a lot of these terrible teams, it's going to inflate or deflate, I should say, your strength of schedule a bit. So, um, and I'd also say I agree with you about Atlanta staying away um, because I've also seen multiple reports about how the new or newish owner in Atlanta is sick and tired of the losing and that they might even be a team because they've already made a, a trade that maybe they're actually going to be making some trades to strengthen that squad as opposed to leaning into the tanking. Uh, um, so I, I just, I do not see them going in the tank. So I don't, I don't see them going in the tank at all. Again, I don't think there's a lot of uh, reason to get the top pick. Um, and plus we have to remember that the first half of the season, John Collins was out like 25 games with his suspension and, uh, and if he stays out of trouble and stays healthy for the second half, of course they're going to win more games. Trey Young and John Collins are a great duo. Yeah, that's uh, if I were an Atlanta fan, I'd be pretty excited about that team. 
PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. All season long, PropSwap customers have been finding some of the best odds in the world. Because you're buying the bet from another person and not betting against the house, you can always find great deals. Also, if you use the promo code SGP, please send in a screenshot to podcast at sportsgamblingpodcast.com to get a free Lock Dog Tees t-shirt. That's right, a t-shirt absolutely free and all you have to do is send us a screenshot of you using the promo code so sign up for propswap.com today and they will give you a 100 match on your first deposit just enter promo code sgp that's sgp at the time of deposit and PropSwap will match it up to 100 go to propswap.com today void well prohibited uh there are no odds out right now for the all-star game um, they will be able to bet before the draft who will be the top pick. This is the third year that they've done the draft. The first year they didn't televise the draft, so we didn't know who the first pick was. And last year they televised it. Was it Kyrie last year? Uh, no. Okay, so the first pick overall by LeBron was Kevin Durant. And it was Durant. It was Durant, yeah. The second pick overall was Curry by Giannis. And the first pick, okay, so Embiid went fourth to Giannis. So he's like the first player that you would be able to pick this year uh, from last year. Now, I don't think he'll go first overall this year because he's been a bit banged up. Looking at the starters, who do you like? So this is a fun one because it's like participating in NBA, uh, like lunchroom gossip, uh, you know, because there's, this really has taken on this weird meaning for um, all these players. But look, if I'm LeBron, I feel like I'm going to have to pick Anthony Davis. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think that unless they've made a deal of, hey, we get to play together every night, uh, so let's split it up for this. But I, I could see from the Lakers' pride standpoint and also from the fact that Anthony Davis is pretty incredible this year. So I could see LeBron picking uh, Ant for sure. Um, I, I think that's a that's a solid pick. And what do you think about Giannis? Um, you know, it's funny. You you said not Embiid. I could see maybe Embiid being that pick because I know that they are maybe a little weird for each other, but and they're not two teams that like each other. But that is a fun fun duo to build. You know, your all star squad around two just gigantic inside outside freaks so or you know it could be a pascal siakam for the same reasons they don't have the same weird rivalry or uh you know you can pick from you know either side could it be a Kawhi? could it be james harden could it be luca maybe he likes luca for the international flavor I can see Luca. I just my hope is that Luca is back and healthy in time for the All Star game. I I really hope he doesn't have to skip it. Yeah, that would be a real bummer if he he sat after being one of the top vote getters and in his first All Star game. We talked about maybe what um, the odds are of an All Star player sitting out for an injury. I do think that Re- Luca will really try to play, even if it's just a few minutes. Uh, it's going to be tough to miss your first start in an all-star game. Um, but if somebody does have to sit, who would be the likely replacement? Well, this will make you happy, but I've got to imagine it's Devin Booker. Um, yeah, he seemed to get the most uh, 
press for All-Star Slight. Yeah, and I think the All-Star snub thing is tough because, yeah, you can complain about guys missing, but I think the next step is, all right, so then who do you remove necessarily? And it's hard to make that case. And I think people acknowledged immediately that Booker's getting a little bit of that, um, you know, team record uh, tax on election. So, because he would be, I think his team would have, or let me say, I think he would be the player among all-stars with the worst team record. I don't think there's any other all-star. Trey Young? Maybe forgot about Trey Young and the Hawks having the worst record in the league. West Coast, West Coast. Oh, okay. yeah, because I don't know who you're who you're pulling off that West Coast squad to. I would would I would have no problem whatsoever pulling Russell Westbrook off of that West Coast squad. I mean, it's he has not been good all season. He's been good like the last month, but for the first part of the season, he was really playing second banana. And I, yeah, they're winning, but it was mostly because they were winning because of Harden. Uh, I agree, and I think Westbrook is probably, in a weird way, having one of his worst seasons, just in terms of efficiency alone. The thing about Booker is you look at those stats, which are pretty eye-popping, and you think maybe it's empty calories on a bad team. I think... The Suns have been way better. I know know that the Suns still aren't good, but they have been way better. And you got to remember, Aiton was also out for 25 games. True. I got, I saw some article in, I guess, probably one of your hometown papers down in Arizona a few weeks ago about, uh, oh, you know, they've got to trade DeAndre Ayton and he's never going to sit there. And, and I was sitting there thinking, are you insane? He was yeah. the number one pick a year ago. We all forgot about him because, you know, he, he's been overshadowed by some of these other young guys. He is as promising as any young big man in the league. And, you know, they could be a little bit of a West Coast, uh, hopefully a better fit, Simmons and Embiid over there. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I would not. They have no reason to trade him right now. He is far from playing up to his potential, and he still looks really good. So, uh, yeah, we won't we won't go too far down the uh, Suns rabbit hole. Otherwise, uh, I might spin <laughs> out. But, um, okay, so who... Should we look at to bet on for the NBA All-Star MVP? Odds are not out yet, but I will say that last year Kevin Durant won it, and he was at plus 600 odds before the game. Um, It has been since uh, 2015, since a non-starter has won the All-Star MVP. That was uh, Russell Westbrook uh, won it, uh, and that was his first uh, that was his first all-star game. Um, and so in the last like 11 years, I kind of went back only two non-starters have won it. And, um, and that was in 2009. The other one besides Russell Westbrook was, uh, Shaq in 2009. He and Kobe shared, like, uh, shared the MVP which is weird because Shaq only played 10 minutes in that game. And he was a reserve behind his Phoenix teammate at the time, Amari Stoudemire. So I think it was more of like a ceremonial MVP. So you could really say that only one non-starter has won the MVP in the last decade plus. So you really have to focus on the starters to be MVP. Would you agree? 
Yeah, and I think this is, in my mind, the smartest money you can put down, don't overthink it, LeBron James. For many reasons, but not least of which to, to talk about Kobe a little more, I think his presence is going to be felt the most at the All-Star game. When I think about Kobe, probably the first thing that jumps to mind is his All-Star game performances because he never, ever you know, was slacking on the court. I think he's number two all-time in All-Star Game appearances. I believe it's uh, 18 of them, 17 of them. Mm-hmm. He's also tied for first with most All-Star Game MVPs. He's got four with uh, Bob Pettit. And now that they've just announced they're going to be playing the fourth quarter um, as first team to 24 points to honor Kobe, mm-hmm. I think I have a feeling they might even rename the All-Star Game MVP award after him. Uh, maybe not this year because it's so soon. But I, I think in the future, that, that's about a guarantee. And I think with this new format, with the fourth quarter being the only quarter that really matters, I think this is LeBron's time. I think he's been very open the last week about how he feels he needs to carry on Kobe's legacy, especially now that he's a Laker. Um, he's got to take up the mantle as you know the greatest living player, all those sorts of things. He and, and Anthony Davis him- just got Kobe tattoos. Yeah, that they were showing off. I, I see LeBron deciding he's going to have to have a hand in all 24 of those points in the fourth, uh, scoring them, assisting on them. And I, I just think that's easy money. Don't overthink it, LeBron James. All right. Yeah, I have to see what the odds are. Uh, is there any chance that it's Giannis? Just because uh, Giannis has not won a MVP All-Star yet. And... Um, I don't know. Like I could see him. He seems like he's on a mission, obviously, this season. Um, the East, or Team Giannis, it's not going to be the East. Team Giannis could certainly be better. Is there a chance there? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think I mean, he got pretty close last year. I think, if I'm remembering right, mm-hmm. uh, he had a heck of a performance in the All-Star game. Yeah, he was actually so, playing de- – he was, like, the only one trying to play defense last year, too, so which is funny and weird. But um, I could see him really trying to step it up this year since he didn't win the MVP yeah. last year. Yeah, and I don't think he can not play defense when you're seven feet tall with a wingspan like a condor. So I, I could definitely see that. Um, and the last thing we'll talk about just real quick, uh, and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, the only ones for the skills challenge, slam dunk and three pointers, the only one we really have, uh, the only one that's really more like filled out is slam dunk, which is, uh, going to be Dwight Howard, Derek Jones, Jr. And Aaron Gordon, uh, while we don't have the full list, there might be a fourth a player added and we don't have the odds yet i will say right away right off the top i like uh derrick jones jr here i mean he is just his in-game dunks this year have just been insane dwight howard's a ceremonial ad you know uh he doesn't have the hops to be that impressive and, and while aaron gordon this will be his third year in the uh dunk contest he has just not looked as athletic this year i don't know what do you think i think he might be the player besides kevin love who most needs a change of scenery Mm -hmm. um boy he would be so good on so many other teams but i think when it comes to dunk contests there are the dudes like Derek jones jr who are just coming in with pure athleticism and it's it's pretty jaw-dropping 
I think the creative guys are the ones that tend to fare the best. And Aaron Gordon has proven that he is creative. He's got a mind for this, for the kind of uh, the, the, the ceremony of it, the, the kind of pomp and circumstance. And I can see him uh, having a couple of really fun, crazy ideas in his back pocket. Uh, in terms of guys that haven't been announced, I think if John Morant uh, does decide to participate. He already came out and said he won't. But yeah, he would be the favorite, I feel like, if he does. I think he'd be the favorite if he does decide maybe to, to go back on that. I know Zach uh, Levine was also mentioned, and maybe he's a, a little pissed off given that he was also an all-star snub. But Yeah, since I he, it is in Chicago... Since it is in Chicago, you would think he should be added. I mean, unless he's decided to just retire since he's won it two times already. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I think that that is just the weird factor of who's going to be that fourth person. But I think, yeah, if you're going athleticism, it'll be Derek Jones or John Morant if he participates. Creativity-wise, Gordon. And if we really feel like uh, Dwight Howard has a couple more tricks left up his sleeve and, and he's kind of the... Uh, fan favorite given that he's having such a fun rejuvenated season maybe that all right well thanks so much evan for joining me today did you have a good time i had a great time uh thank you for inviting me i would love to come back and talk more basketball with you well we'll have you back soon all right basketball give me give me give me the ball because i'm gonna dunk it It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.